How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It is FPC Radio Live. It is January the 30th, 2023, and uh, Super Bowl 57 is set. The Kansas City Chiefs will take on the Philadelphia Eagles um, in in what should be a a fairly, fairly good contest. Uh, You know, you can argue the two best teams from their respective conferences all year. Uh, But, uh, John, before we get there, I just want to talk about a master class. And by that, I mean... I put on a master class yesterday, and let me explain. A master class in getting absolutely everything wrong. Because <laughs> I picked the 49ers, I picked the Bengals, I put money on both, I bet the Bengals uh, spread, um, and I just swung and missed on every single one of them yesterday. That was, it was a very humbling experience. Well, it does happen. I liked Philadelphia in the under, which I hit on, and then I liked Cincinnati in the over, and... That game never really got going. I thought it'd be a bit more offensive than it was, and those two defenses are good. Offensive and they can make you, plays if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then you know when it was twenty twenty, I was in Cincinnati and had some possessions, and I hated the play calling. Um, you know, they got, on first down they got a seven yard run from Mixon, and then they decided to pass on second and three, which to me to run just kind of build up some momentum, and then Burrow throws that interception, which served as a punt, but it was still third and three. It's not a desperate situation. But, um, yeah, no, no, those, those were tough games. I, the first game was almost unwatchable. It really was. Uh, the second game was, was much better. I, I don't think Cincinnati and Kansas City 
can play each other and not have an exciting game. This is four straight games they've played each other the last two years, and each game has been decided by a field goal. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's kind of, you know, again, I mean, that's uh, you, you expect it. I mean, I think we both picked uh, three-point wins. I mean, I, again, I picked it for, for Cincinnati. But, you know, the point is these teams are so evenly matched. And, and look, I want to say right off the bat, I know a lot of people are complaining about officiating. Look, th- there's no grand scheme. There's no conspiracy. Um, officiating is just at a low point. I mean, we see it every week. Uh, like, I, I, I much more bank on the fact that they're just not doing their job well enough as opposed to some grand scheme to elevate specific teams or screw over specific teams. Because, John, it's incredible how each and every week every single team gets screwed by the refs. It's actually impressive. It's amazing that the it referees is. can have so many agendas going at once. Um, no, look, th- the point is there's no specific conspiracy agenda or, you know, it's not rigged. I know rigged was tre- uh, trending on Twitter, which, you know, is just silly at this point. Um, it's kind of just that mob think mentality. Everyone's upset. Everyone's going to react. But that doesn't mean that calls weren't missed and <clears throat> impactful calls were either not made or made that really impacted this game. And, you know, I can I can point to uh, that last play slash, really, that last play that set up the entire uh, potential game-winning field goal, which which Buckner hit. Uh, look, the, the hit out of bounds, that's a penalty. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't care what time of the game it is. I don't care what the implications are. I don't care the situation. He hit him out of bounds. He hit him out of bounds. I mean, you, you can't. Mm-hmm make that stupid play and expect not to get flagged now i know people are getting upset that oh he was close it was this it was that he was out of bounds he was out of bounds he was already running out you don't even have to put a finger on him let him do that and you're talking about a situation where you have eight seconds left and you have a very long field goal which if you saw the one that was actually made that's not going to be able to go another 10 yards like that didn't like clear that field goal by like a wide. This that, this wasn't. Oh, it was in from forty five, but would have been good from fifty five. No, that this was in at forty five and maybe good from like forty eight. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. so. You know, a dumb penalty shouldn't have taken it. However, the officials missed a massive hold on that run that really sprung that play. Right up the mm-hmm. middle. I mean, you got a guy that was about to about to get to to Patrick Mahomes and. A hold was committed. I mean, this is, again, this isn't a bias. I mean, you you see it right on camera. A hold was committed and it was missed, and and that's <clears throat> that's what the problem is with officiating because it's far too inconsistent. You can even look to um, the non roughing the passer penalty that wasn't called on Joe Burrow, where I, I believe it was Frank Clark took. I mean, he took three full steps after that ball was gone. I mean, there, there's no debate. This wasn't a bang bang play. There wasn't. There isn't any gray area. By the letter of the law, that's a that's a that's a roughing the passer play, mm-hmm. and that wasn't called. So, do the Bengals fans have reason to gripe? Sure, but to your point, John, I mean, the reason they should be griping is the play calling and some of the situational football that you know they they kind of failed at yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I really had some problems with it. Like I said, I cited uh, I think second to last drive, they've got the ball, the game's tied. You can't. I kind of felt that there was some momentum with Cincinnati because their defense was doing what their defense always does in the fourth quarter, which is play really well. And you get a seven yard run by Joe Mixon, and I'm like, just run the ball. You know, maybe you wear down that defense to try to get Chris Jones out of his, 
uh, comfort zone because he was just a wrecking ball uh, yesterday. He may have been the best player on the field. Um, instead, they throw an incompletion, and then Burrow throws that deep pass, which is intercepted, but it's not a desperation situation, and you give Kansas City ball, you know, the ball back. Just some play calling that was it was surprising. You know, you want Burrow to get rid of the ball a little quicker. That offensive line has issues. Um, his only weakness right now, I see, is a quarterback. And again, let's not forget he's only played three years. Is he's got to feel the pressure a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, he'll get better at that. The intentional grounding call to talk about that. Like, here's the problem I have with intentional grounding, Ian. We do everything to protect the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Well, why the hell do we have intentional grounding then? Shouldn't that be like, okay, the quarterback's going to get nailed. Well, He's in a really tough situation. He gets rid of the ball. Peyton Manning had a lot of intentional groundings that weren't called over the years to preserve himself, right? Yeah, but look, I, I, it's actually great that you brought this up because I know you can't see this part of it, but Joel actually has that question. I was going to try to bring that up as soon as you were yeah. done, but you did it for me, so that's that's just how in sync we are, John. There, there's something well, in the... Amazing. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, I thought... Like Burrow to Chase. I'm Jamar Chase. You're Joe Burrow. That sounds look, good. I like the call. <laughs> I like the call. Yeah, I think, no, I I think it was you. fine because, like, honestly... When I saw the play happen live, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, he is throwing mm-hmm. to no one. There's no one in that area. And very clearly, obviously, he didn't get out of the, uh, the the tackle box, nor did he get it to the line of scrimmage. So to me, I was like, yeah. I was surprised it hadn't been called yet. And then finally, the flag flew. And, and we, you know, this is how sometimes these intentional grounding calls are made. You know, the, the refs, you know, they get together. They talk about it, which is fine. I mean, again, this I don't have a problem with it. And to your point, like, I, I understand what you're saying. You're trying to protect the quarterback. But that that's that's cheapening the game. Because mm-hmm. if that was the case, if it was free reign, then, then there would never be sacks. Then you would just throw the ball sure. directly into the dirt in front of your feet, and you would live to play another day. And that's that's out of the spirit of the game, in my, in my opinion. So I, I understand that, yeah, there is a element of, you know, protecting the quarterbacks. But at that point, then just make it so they don't get hit. You know, just mm-hmm. wrap them up and then blow the whistle or put a flag on them because then you don't have to worry about throwing the ball in the dirt and you can just take the quote-unquote sack. But uh, in in that particular call, I, I thought it was fine. I mean, I, I know Samaji Pirine was a little bit further up, but it just it wasn't close enough. So to me, I like, again, I mean, I, I know Chiefs fans who think I'm the biggest Chiefs hater in the world are probably shocked that I'm... I'm you know, agreeing with that call. But the reality of it was it was the right call. Just like I said, the out-of-bounds call was the right call. It was a dumb play by the Bengals defender to even put himself in that position. Um, so blame the Cincinnati, not the officials. And in this case, mm-hmm. like I said, that's an intentional grounding. And you can you can thank uh, Cincinnati or, or what is it, the right tackle there who completely whiffed uh, on his assignment there in that situation that he, that led to that. So, um so yeah, I'm, I'm okay. that offensive line. Yeah, they got to pick that offensive yeah. line. That's like, yeah. again for the second year in a row. Look, they made it to the Super Bowl last year, AFC Championship game this year. They lost both games, twenty three twenty. I think their offense is better than that. Button up that offensive line, and you may have the Super Bowl favorites for next year. But you're right. No, I I, I understand your point too. It's just that I'm looking more bigger picture than just that specific play. It's like you know you want to protect the quarterback, but then you you have that call that that is you know blown quite often, but. Um, the the other one was when they just gave Kansas City a mulligan. Remember they yeah. stopped them and then they just decided to have another play. I was like, well, I thought I was watching the nineteen seventy two Olympics with. A, you, there was one camera shot that they showed where the official was running onto the field, but yep. we we still didn't really get an explanation as to why. I think they mentioned something about the clock was running when it shouldn't have been, but 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't like I like I'd be upset too if I were Zach Taylor and and again, look, if if you're looking to blame anything other than your team's performance, which generally is the case. I mean, that's what fans do. I mean, we're all guilty of it. Um it's very easy to point to officiating and and point to situations like that where it's like, "Oh my god, it's sketchy," but you know, if if the whistle wasn't heard and, you know, like I said, the, there was a camera angle showing the official running onto the field. Like, look, the, the play stopped. I mean, it's unfortunate. You know, it's a bad it, it's kind of a bad look. And again, you know, this is going to you know, this is going to fuel all the all the fire conspiracy theorists, uh, uh, you know, theories. But, you know, the reality of it is I think it was just a, a situation where they couldn't hear the whistle or at least it wasn't heard. And, mm-hmm. and bo- both teams were, you know, both teams were under the same situation so I, yeah again i mean we can sit here and 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 pretend like you know officiating was the problem or there was a conspiracy but the reality of it was kansas city executed when they needed to and they took advantage of the situation and that, that's really what it is and there's no and that's that's what gets me so frustrated when people call teams or players lucky it's it's not luck it's taking advantage of a situation because there there is no guarantee in this game like you could be handed a golden opportunity John, and completely fail at it. So just because you're given that opportunity doesn't mean you're actually going to execute. And that's that's the biggest difference, and that's what kind of separates your, your kind of over-the-top emotional sports fan with, you know, people that watch and follow the game and understand that, like, yeah, it's, it's not about, you know what I mean? It's not so much, like, everything is made up about one moment or two moments or this or that. And it's such a bigger picture than that. There's such there's so many other things that go into winning and losing these football games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chilling by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. But it's so easy to pinpoint one play or one call or whatever and kind of harp on that. And look, we do that positively too. 
we do that positively. Like, for example, John, <laughs> the the run by Patrick Mahomes, it was great. And, you know, there's a, there's a, obviously the, the added element of the ankle injury. And I'm not going to get into that because I have my opinion. And I, you know, right now I'm, I'm going to avoid giving that. Um, but the reality of it was he didn't really have a great fourth quarter. I mean, it was very pedestrian. And, he, and quite frankly, this offense struggled. Uh, when they started losing their wide receivers, and Cincinnati finally, John, finally decided to put two people on Travis Kelsey. Like, I mean, it's the same thing we used to see with Gronk all the time. Now, eventually, you know, Gronk had two and three guys on him because they realized, well, you could absolutely hack-a-shack him, and he's not going to get, you know, the pass interference uh, call for him. So eventually that went away. But there were times where you're sitting there scratching your head like, how do you not cover Rob Gronkowski? Well, you're doing the same thing with Travis Kelsey right now. How do you leave him wide open? And there were so many instances where he was wide open. Now, when those other guys started to go down, they actually focused on Travis Kelsey. And what do you know, John? Again, that Chiefs offense looked pedestrian. And had it not been for a big return on the kickoff and then obviously the penalty, you know, that's, that's what, 50 yards right there? A 35, 40-yard kick return plus 15 yards on the penalty? Mm-hmm. Set it up, yep. yeah. So, um, so yeah, we, we focus on one thing positively or negatively, and in this case, positively for Patrick Mahomes to run, and that's all people are going to talk about. But the reality of it was uh, Kansas City showed up to play. They made the big plays on defense. You mentioned Chris Jones. Uh, he made a big play. Uh, uh, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Candling, he showed up. And, you know, again, you want to talk about the receivers going down, you still have Travis Kelsey. And he showed up as well. So it, definitely a, 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 a very well-executed game for the most part for Kansas City. Uh, certainly better than Cincinnati, who I, I think kind of fumbled the bag a little bit. And this is the fourth straight time when they've met that Cincinnati's fallen behind, right? And then they come back and win yep. the game. Same At some script. point, have a better first quarter. Yeah, have a better first quarter. I mean, it, it felt, I almost felt like it was going to be a blowout at some point, but Borough plays great situational football. Kansas City, you know, settled for field goals rather than touchdowns. And next thing you know, it's 13 to 6 at the half. They tie it up at 13. They tie it up at 20. Now you've got a game, but get off to a better start. So now you're trailing throughout the entire game. That puts you in a, a difficult situation, less margin for error. The other thing, too, is on that Kelsey touchdown. He was covered by a guy who was about five foot eleven. Like I mean, yeah. I could have maybe completed that pass because again, fourth down and two, inside the what 10, 15 yard line, you've got to figure he's looking for Kelsey, right? Like why can't you just double him if someone else gets open and beat you? God bless him, you know. But Kelsey obviously is playing at such a high level, he's and, an and it's not even player. like he's covered. You know, that's the that's the that's no, the no, he wasn't. The thing. guy was just there. Yeah, the guy was just kind of. I think it was Hilton maybe who's a fine player, but Kelsey's 6'6", 260, and he's very athletic. I mean, he's he's very nimble out there. And yeah. he, he's a giant wide receiver. Double him. Let, let someone else beat you. I'll be anxious to see what Philadelphia does in the Super Bowl um, if they try to, you know, do something like that because their defense is, is darn good too. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, that that's, that's something interesting. Obviously, we're going to really – dive into later this week and of course next week but uh, yeah I mean look it's that's 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 the frustrating thing I mean obviously you have to give credit to the player the coaching and all that stuff for for being able to do that but at this at the same time it's like every week it's like guys why are you singling Travis Kelsey why are you just leaving a, a, a under you know a slow linebacker or an undersized defensive back on him it's just it's silly so um mm-hmm. 
look, healthy or not, I don't think 49ers were winning that game yesterday. I was way mm-hmm. off the mark when it came to that. And, and look, I mean, I, I know, again, Brock Purdy uh, going down, that doesn't help. Um, but I, I don't think that, <laughs> based on the, what we saw, I, there's no way the Eagles are losing that game. I, I overestimated, I think, uh, San Francisco's ability, and I think I underestimated, not, not underestimated, because I've, I've been high on the Eagles, we've both been all year, but I, I think the last month or so kind of fooled me a little bit, or, or maybe maybe just distracted me from the fact that, yeah, this Eagles team is really good, and they really showed it and dominated. Like, forget about holding Brock Purdy and that offense and, and all that stuff to, to, to what they did. They put up 31 points against this 49ers defense. 31. That's the most impressive thing about it. All while the quarterback didn't throw one accurate pass the entire game. Uh, seriously, I thought Jalen Hurts was terrible throwing the yeah. football. He ran the ball effectively. They ran the ball effectively. Um, you know, San Francisco kind of shot itself in the foot. There was one drive when it was 7-7 where three defensive penalties extended the drive, so that hurt San Francisco. And then when San Francisco ran into the punter, that extended another drive. Next thing you know, it's 21-7. San Francisco, even with a healthy Purdy or Garoppolo or whoever, is not built to come from behind. They're built to well, play even or from ahead. I know right? one so, guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, who's very comfortable playing yes. from behind. <laughs> yes. But we'll get we'll get that into that later. That's a that's a that's a yeah. that's a like I said, I mean I was I was very wrong about everything this weekend, but and and my personal interests certainly were not um met uh this weekend. However, there is one silver lining in all this, and that's something we'll get we'll get into later to week, pro- probably tomorrow because um mm-hmm. it'll be interesting and I'm sure this will be weeks and weeks of talking about this one particular guy. But, uh, yeah, look, I mean, you're right. I mean, Jalen Hurts didn't have a strong game, um, but that kind of really speaks to, to what this team is. And, and look, I don't, you know, the, the Hurts haters out there will sit there and point to, like, oh, see, he wasn't really. No, the, the, guy's, the guy's MVP tier. I mean, again, had he not got injured, I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who is very easily or very appropriately could be, getting ready to, to win his MVP trophy uh, in just a couple weeks. So, uh, no, he, he is there. He just didn't have, like you said, a, a, a terribly great game, you know, aesthetically at least when you look at it and you watch, like, yeah, obviously the numbers look solid or at least the, the, the winning. But, yeah, he was just a little off. But, you know, look, this team is good. This team is good. I mean, they have playmakers all over the field. Uh, what, Miles Sanders had three touchdowns yesterday. Um Obviously, uh, AJ Brown is it's AJ Brown, and that cat. Well, the catch, non-catch by Devonte Smith. I mean, it, it was good for about ninety-five percent of the the catch, and then it obviously wasn't. But hey, you take advantage of it and you move on. Um, it still looked good, at least for a few minutes, until we actually saw the reality of it. So, uh, yeah, th- this Eagles team was impressive, um, and they can be better. The thing about Philadelphia, and we've been talking about it all year, there's no team in the league that is as strong as they are on the offensive and defensive lines. And I know we love playmakers and quarterbacks, and they're so important. Quarterback's the most important position in all of sports. But there are times where when your offensive line is that dominant, your defensive line is that dominant, you're just going to win, right? And then you throw in the fact that you got Jalen Hurts, who didn't have a really good game yesterday, but good enough. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, 
dynamic wide receiver tandem. You've got like, it felt like 25 different running backs out there it, and, and a good play caller in Nick Sirianni. So yeah, um, they're going to be tough to beat. I mean, that offensive line is as good as I've seen, I'd say since Dallas in the nineties where they were just dominant. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you're talking about, they have two players on that offensive line are trending to be Hall of Famers, right? Yeah. Jason Kelsey has been the best center in football for like the last 10 years. He, he's as good at his position as his brother is at his position. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, and then right tackle, um, um, I forget his name now for some reason, but he's he, uh, he's sensational as well. That They're just a really, really good offensive line and that they control the game from that point forward. So um, they're going to they're gonna be tough to beat. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, this is a defensive line that in the middle of the season added a guy like Ndamukong Sue, who, <laughs> <laughs> trust me, I'm pretty sure the Buccaneers missed his presence, not only uh, play-wise, but just the mentality, the physicality, and kind of the leadership that, um, you know, he kind of brings to the table. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and that is and that is something that, I, I look, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that there was no injury to Patrick Mahomes. But it's certainly been played up well beyond what I think the impact was. Let's let's put it that way. Is that that's kind of a nice way to put it, right? <laughs> like, well, it happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. superstar players. Again, oh, it's, look, it's, yeah. everything gets blown out of proportion. The guy is the face of the league at this point, right? I mean, we talked about you know Brady and Rodgers and all these. Other. He is the face of the league right now because he's. I mean, I was at a hockey game yesterday. Believe it or not, um, you know, youth hockey game. And a bunch of little kids were playing in the lobby. They were like seven, eight years old. And like, I asked them all, who's your favorite quarterback? Like all of them said Patrick Mahomes. And I don't even know if they really follow football all that much, but that's who he is. Right. Oh, so sure. Oh, sure. The, well, the see, my, 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 uh, let you me. You would have got angry. You would have well, said, why isn't Tom Brady? No, 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 I, under, like, no, no <laughs> I understand. I, I, my response would be, let's wait until we see the Jersey sales. Because I would have said the same thing, and then last True. year Tom Brady was still the number one selling jersey, which again outbeats all the players that were going to new teams, which almost seems impossible at this point. So, but you know, uh, a lot of those jerseys, I, those old guys that have expendable yeah. income, right? The, well, the fifty-five-year-old guys. <laughs> half, 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 half of those jerseys were just me buying different jerseys, so that's you know, I had, I had to inflate yeah, those true. numbers a little bit. But uh, I forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously, seriously though, I, 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 I no, I, I believe like. You know, the guy's 45 going on 46. I mean, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is a young star. I mean, you, we have a lot of young stars in this league. Um, the guy with the most success. I mean, the, the funny thing is, John, if he goes out and wins the Super Bowl this uh, in a couple weeks, uh, he will finally have matched what Tom Brady has done during the same time he's been in the league. People forget that. Because <laughs> Tom Brady's yeah, won two true, Super right? Bowls yeah. uh, uh, since uh, Patrick Mahomes has been in the league, um, obviously beating him twice en route to get there. Uh, once in the Super Bowl. So um, that's why I, I kind of, you know, I tried to make the analogy last week on Friday talking about, you know, how do we view Patrick Mahomes um, historically? And it's not, it's it has nothing to do with Tom Brady right now. That that conversation should not even, even if they win a Super Bowl, that conversation should not be happening at this point. Um, the the log jam, the, the clumping up of all these great quarterbacks right now, when you're talking about like uh, if you're gonna have like a dot chart or something like that, you have one, you know, obviously Tom. There's a couple others kind of scattered maybe behind him. The Joe Montana's, the Peyton Manning's, but for the most part, all your great quarterbacks, all your standard Hall of Fame quarterbacks, are clumped together. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
He's gonna he's gonna fight his way through that crowd. That's what he's doing right now. And and that's the best way I can say it. This isn't you know, if he goes out and wins the Super Bowl, he's not the GOAT. He's not on GOAT pace. It's it's there's no such thing in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very valid opinion because well, there is no benchmark. I mean, generally, t- for you to become the greatest, you have to, well, you have to do more than the previous greatest. I mean, that's just se- that's just common sense. How can you surpass someone by doing less? I don't know. Uh, but that's where we're at right now. For him, his personal legacy obviously can be helped tremendously. We talk about this with Aaron Rodgers all the time. Imagine if he had a second Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Like, think yep. about where he would be. Versus where he is now, and and look, either position is great, but you can't discount how big of a, a a deal that second trophy is. The only problem is, and this is the this is the issue that I have, and I think a lot of fans are having a tough time reconciling. As great as it is, it has nothing to do with Tom Brady and the goat yet. It's just that's the oh. reality of it. It's just it's so far away from that that. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Again, it's not even a discussion, but that's that's the problem that we're having, though, John, is that we're not having the right discussion. We're having the inappropriate, over-the-top discussion that is never going to bring people together. It's just going to end up creating that divide even more, and then we have people, you know, hating each other and all that stuff. So, yeah. That's what happens. I mean, this would be akin to, let's say, Jason Tatum wins the league MVP, Celtics go on and win the championship, and all of a sudden people say, forget comparing him to Jordan. That's another stratosphere. But then, now they're saying, well, he's going to surpass Kobe Bryant. And it's like, well, wait a second. Kobe Bryant's top 10 all-time leading scorer in the league and won five titles. And, uh, you know, So that's exactly what we're at. I mean, Mahomes is on, on a really great pace, et cetera. But winning Super Bowls, you can't go by pace, right? Yeah. Because – Dan Marino in his second year went to the Super Bowl. So you'd say, well, if he plays 14 years, he's going to play in seven of them. He never returned to the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl in his third year as a starter. You'd say, okay, if he plays 15 years, he'll get to five, maybe win three or four. He's never been back. It's, it's not that easy. Look at the game yesterday. A play here or there, Joe Burrow going back to the Super Bowl, not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, that's why that Philadelphia team has been really impressive, Ian, when you think of it. Um, 14 and one during the regular season with Jalen Hurts at quarterback, and their two playoff wins, not necessarily perfect in terms of performance, but 38 to seven and 31 to seven. I mean, if they yeah. do the same type of thing against Kansas City, we may have to start talking about the Eagles this year's Eagles as a team that was pretty darn dominant, right? I mean, if you go through and win three postseason games by multiple scores and go 14 and one with 
your starting quarterback during the regular season. That's pretty good. And it would be another team, yet another team that has more uh, Super Bowls than Patrick Mahomes since he's been in the yeah. league. So, go back to which, which, again, kind of puts a lot of this stuff in perspective. Like, you know, all yeah. this, like, over the top, like, he is him. Oh, my God, he's the greatest. Like, we're, we're getting the same stupid, oh, Tom's the greatest, but but Patrick is the best. No, greatest and best mean the exact same thing. Yes. There, there, there's... It's it's silly to try to separate those two um, because it just it makes you look foolish. I'm sorry that it is what it is, and people will sit there and try to say, "Well, no, greatest means accomplishment, and best means you know." And then they'll list all these unprovable cliche qualities. You know, oh, he makes any throw, he makes more throws than Tom. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not an argument. That's just you living off hyperbole and cliche that's essentially what it is because it's not really rooted in in truth it's rooted in narrative and uh that's that's fine i mean that's that's what the nature of uh, of the uh the business is now that's what we see each and every week so you know I'm, I'm not surprised but uh it's just it i just wish we could have more appropriate conversations about his historical accomplishments because i think it is a great conversation and i think there is a lot of things to talk about in terms of like what he's accomplishing but we're we're not most people aren't capable of doing it it's either well he's he's already the best or he's the he's the most talented this he's no 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 he's not but we can have a conversation about his greatness that is certainly appropriate and and maybe maybe in time john that will happen but I, i i can't imagine that will be the case don't we do this with quarterbacks more than any other position in any sport, right? Because it's, with quarterbacks, it's either they're incredible, they're in the debate of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, or they're horrible. And there's like no middle ground, which is unfortunate. Even a guy like Justin Herbert, who's only played three years, I think he's building a nice career for himself. He doesn't have a playoff win yet, but, you know, a lot of guys went through their first three years without getting a playoff win. It's, it's again, it's not an either-or type of thing. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are in the middle ground, that are really good quarterbacks, that could have a run just look at Joe Flacco in 2012 that's probably the most ex- extreme case but yeah I, I, this happens with quarterbacks it's like you know I mean it, it, Tony Romo doesn't help matters either because he's just so I, I'm so happy that CBS is not doing the Super Bowl like I, I, I've talked about Greg Olson for the last few years he's darn good he well, really is I mean you know, football, is he, I is really he, like him is he really good or is is the surrounding the competition so yeah, bad be, yeah <laughs> Because like right? yeah, because I've noticed that because I was like, you know what? Not everyone like there. There are times where like you know, I I, I made a comment last week too that I really enjoyed Greg Olson, but then I started to think about it. And I'm like, I think he's pretty good, but I think yeah. he, people think he's really good because of what we're seeing around us. And I'm just oh. like, oh my god! And look, if I I will be, I will be so happy, and I know this won't be the case because you know you're gonna they're gonna pro. Well, I don't know. Uh, we'll see, but they're probably going to play it over and over again during the Super Bowl. But I don't ever want to see that Tony Romo Caddyshack commercial again. Oh God! Oh yeah. my God! That was that was just, I, just. Don't ruin that for me, please, please. I'd rather find out Bill Murray like slaughtered like cows for <laughs> for fun and and find something like horrible like that out about him and you know still be able to. Watch. I don't I don't want to associate that commercial. I don't know why I went with slaughtered cows. I think <laughs> I find, I didn't want to say babies or people or anything like that because then then I'm just you know going off the rails. But you get my point. I'd rather something more mm-hmm. horrible. Um, I, I I could much more stomach uh, watching uh, that movie if something like you know 
horrible happened outside of it as opposed to having associate uh tony romo with with that awful uh recreation of that scene i just i can't do it yeah i don't i just don't, i don't get him i really don't yeah. i mean i i honestly he's really good in one aspect the two minute drills he's really good at and again he played quarterback at a really high level he was a really good quarterback so i think he's good at that type of stuff but the rest of the time it just sounds like he's passing a kidney stone or he's like He's not even taking a stand. What do you think, Jim? You're the guy that's supposed to analyze. Jim is setting you up. It's not the other way around. My favorite part, and I I wish I can remember the specific, uh, there's one play where they went to Mike Pereira, and Tony Romo was talking about, oh, I don't think this is it. And Mike Pereira was like, no, you're wrong. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I wish I I made a mental note, but clearly that wasn't enough. I should have made a physical note. I was like, oh, I got to remember that. No, there was there was a specific play where Tony was, I think he was trying to, to create some sort of doubt in the accuracy of the call. And Mike Pereira was like, no, that was the right call. Oh, you right, know what yeah. it was? It might have been the intentional grounding, actually. Or, yep. yeah, I think it was because he started, well, he was like, well, no. He's like, no, that was the right call. He didn't get out or didn't do this or didn't do that. Yep. Either way, I, 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 I noted that and I, I had a nice little chuckle. So maybe I can go back and find that. But then again... That would involve having to go back and listen to Tony Romo again. I don't know. I don't know True. if it's worth it. So, all right. That's going to do it for us here today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. And, of course, we're going to really start gearing up and start looking for to the Super Bowl. And then, of course, everything else that goes along with the offseason. And, of course, the NBA and NHL. So, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.